Lobs it. Burris alone. Touchdown, New York. It's off to Leonard. Defended by Simmons. Is this the dagger? Fly ball, right field. Grossman back. Trap. Wall. See ya. Into the second deck. A grand slam the other way for Aaron Judge. And the Yankees are pouring it on. For the latest news throughout the sports world, tune in to Sports Talk with R&J every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Rocky Hill Accountants offers a unique, low-pressure approach to professional and personal services, which is why they have an excellent client retention rate and are extremely proud of the high-quality services that their firm provides. The executive team at Rocky Hill Accountants has over 35 years of combined experience in income tax preparation, bookkeeping, accounting, and IT crypto tax. They specialize in individual income tax preparation, as well as trusts, estates, and gift tax returns. The tax debt line for individuals is May 17th. If you're one of the 50 million Americans who still hasn't filed, visit RockyHillAccountants.com. Throwing jabs, always full sand. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest. Top three corner man, punching in. With a punch's chance, we find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand. When it comes to fisticuffs, slide a hand on the undercard. You'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing weight. Feet are stepping late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand in eighth and retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move. Bob and wave. Don't lose hope against the ropes. There's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing. Counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging. We bring in crosses with no worship, hooks with no verses, combinations with no locks. When you feel the flurry, it's curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats. Relax if you want the facts, because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs. Hello and welcome to Throwing Jabs Combat Sports Podcast. Let's start it off by saying, Jared, that is amazing. Fire. Who was that guy? Fire, the kids say. That's what they would be calling that, fire. (laughs) Yeah, we're sick. That was sick. But uh, I am Big Jace, joined by Joe Guire and Jared Jones. We got a lot to talk about. Big past couple weeks in the lightweight division, starting off recapping. UFC 262 as Charles Oliveira finishes Michael Chandler second round to win the vacant UFC lightweight championship. Joe, what do you think of it, and how how long is Charles Oliveira going to be at the top of this lightweight division? Well, I'll say this about charles Oliveira, the the turnaround that we've seen in this guy since the fight with paul felder where he literally tapped due to elbows and my concern with him was you know he had been submitted guillotined by ricardo lamas uh anthony pettis i, I didn't like it. it it for again for a guy who for a guy who is a uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu master to be tapping, and those were quick taps in all those occasions, and I thought, I don't know. I questioned his heart, and you guys got mad at me. 
Uh, I don't know if you guys remember that. This was this was some oh, time yeah. ago. Not you guys. No, Jace, I think, was uh, – you guys were both kicking at him a little bit when he was getting ready to fight Ferguson. Yeah. Uh, I, again, I I really did question this guy. I'm sold now. I mean, this guy's business, <laughs> all business, when he's in the ring. And, I mean, he looked better than Michael Chandler did, plain and simple. Um, you know, my – Knowledge of Michael Chandler is he usually loses the first fight and then he'll come back and beat you a year later. So I'd expect to see these two tangle again and probably see Michael Chandler do something different. But yeah, Charles Oliveira right now is the best lightweight in the world. I love I love Dustin Poirier. I love Justin Gaethje. You know, I just think right now this guy's going to be really tough to beat. So whoever gets him next, good luck, because he can beat you standing up now. He could beat you on the ground, submit you. It's He's the full package right now. And without Khabib in this division, boy, there, there's a big opening for that guy, and, and he seems to be the one, Jared, that I think has the skill set to, to run this for a bit. Yeah, you know, I wanted to know if this was uh if this was still fun for you guys. Like is it fun or is it frustrating? I mean, when for like when you're talking to somebody else, are you like, "Man, there's this kid on my podcast that just calls every fight." Or is it like, "Man, there's this kid on my guy, he calls every is it like is it frustrating or is it fun?" Hey, uh, first <laughs> off, I want to say I I never <laughs> said anything bad about Charles Oliveira's heart. The one thing like the one thing I remember taking <laughs> offense to when you was Charles Oliveira being the better six point striker than Tony Ferguson during that fight. Hey, but he's yeah, he's, yeah, proved, yeah. he's proved that he's a, a step ahead. And this was great Good for memory. him. There is only the the He's this right is so infrequently, Jared. Of course he remembers. <laughs> no, yeah. No, but no, is there – this, I think, is the perfect showing of why UFC is better than boxing right now. Because everyone's chasing that O. And Charles Oliveira, he got beat. He lost to Paul Felder. He went down to the depths, hit rock bottom, and came back up, and now he's champion. Well, if you're watching the boxing, numbers, everyone's chasing that out. If you're watching the numbers, it's easier to figure out why MMA is more exciting than boxing. Because in boxing, you have one Josh Taylor versus Jose Ramirez fight, and the whole rest of the card is like minus 2,000. You look at the, the MMA card today, and the, the biggest favorites are like minus 400, minus 350. On that boxing card, you have like minus 20,000 favorites. Like there's more chance of the guy having a heart attack on, a way to, on his way to the ring than losing to the other guy he's fighting. It's just not going to happen. So, so to Oliveira, though, um, Ferguson fought right before him, fought Dariush. I remember doing this when we talked about Oliveira and Ferguson three fights ago for both of them. Oliveira's won all of those fights. Ferguson lost all of those fights. One of them on the way up, another one on the way down. I said it a long, long time ago, and this was just for both of these fights were just further evidence. Dariush did his, his as least exciting 
impression of a fighter as he could do and got the win. And Oliveira did his most exciting impression of himself and uh, stopped Chandler. And I, hey, he's he's fun to watch. And like you said, he's well-rounded, Joe. This guy's dangerous. Anybody he gets in the cage with. See, I, I don't want to be that guy because I, I have. You're always that guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, You're I know. Always. But I, I don't want to disrespect Charles Oliveira because he's great. He's obviously has a championship. But now you look at the other guys at the top. This, this shouldn't have been the title fight. <laughs> they, I, I think you have Poirier and uh, Poirier and Gaethje are, are at the top of that division. And I don't think any one of these two deserved that title fight. So how do you see Oliveira matching up with those two? Joe? Dangerous. Anybody yeah. who gets in the cage with these dangerous. Uh, my, my brother put this in the comments. I think he'll wrestle well against Gage. He doesn't match up particularly well against uh, Dustin Poirier, and I would agree with that. Um, I, th- I still think right now I think he could beat either guy. Um, I don't love that. I mean, I think, I, to be honest, I think Poirier is the best lightweight in the world. That's that's my honest feeling. He should have been fighting this fight against one of these guys for the championship. That I that, wanna, that should have happened. He's the. I mean, dude, the way he, the way he destroyed McGregor, the the fourth round knockout of Gaethje. You know, there there's every reason to think that Dustin Poirier is is the guy that should have been fighting for this belt. He wanted to fight McGregor again for some dough. Knock yourself out. You and know, the people, Uganda, the people of Uganda the people of Uganda will be well served by the money that Dustin Poirier makes. That's fantastic. People will be drinking fresh water. He should have been in this championship fight. Fair. Yes, Fair. Oliveira beats him. None of us are shocked. Yeah. I and I don't I wanna I wanna I wanna call it right here today. And this I mind you, this is one of my favorite guys out right now. You asked me the most exciting fighter in the world right now. This is one of the first names that's gonna come out of my mouth. I saw like his third or fourth fight. I think he had seven or eight before he even made the UFC. That's I started following his career very, very early on. He was on the same card with a guy named Nick Newell, who fights with one arm. Mm-hmm. Look him up if you don't know him. He's a monster. Um, yeah, from CT2. Um, so that's where I found Justin Gagey. And um, this guy's fighting style, if you're paying attention, if you're grown, conditioned, experienced, he is going to experience a major Iceman Chuck Liddell-esque fall off. In the very near future, you're going to see Gagey fall from that elite level to that next level and keep fighting those elite level guys. There's just when you drive your car like that, you ever see Days of Thunder? (laughs) You can't get the same amount of tread out of the tires when you drive your car like that. So I love that Gagey's in this conversation. I don't see him being in it a year or two from now. Remember I said that. Okay. I think the fight to make <laughs> is Gaethje versus Oliver, just because that is going to be that. That's a fight of the century esque fight. The Get way your those popcorn two, ready. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> they are going to just. That's just going to be bloody and amazing. And 
that's that gladiator <laughs> type stuff, and I, I need to see that fight. Uh, and look, look at what's going on with lightweight division. We we got two sides of what's good and what's bad for combat sports. Bad as Poirier chasing the money fight for with McGregor, and then you got this guy who Charles Oliveira who lost to a guy like Paul Felder it, it, in boxing. I'm gonna bring it back to that. You you got guys on the come up when when they're on their way to get to even close to the title, they're fighting guys that they pick up in like a Home Depot parking lot to just beat up and get another win on their record. And now Paul Felder, I said what I said about Paul Felder, like you're losing to a commentator, but he's still a good fighter. He's fought some of the best of the best in both featherweight and lightweight. So like to when you fight talent at that level, you're gonna get losses. But it's how you get come back from the losses. That's not e- that's not even it. Who's Rustico Torrescampo? Rustico Torrescampo. Anybody? Um, no. Here's the rest of the people on that list. Let's see if you can get it. Boonsai Sergera. Eric Morales, Tim Bradley Jr., Juan Manuel Marquez, Floyd Mayweather Jr., Jeff Horn should be the dead giveaway. These are people who beat Manny Pacquiao. That first one, I wouldn't have gotten it either. I just looked it up over here in my other window. <laughs> um, that it happens. It, you know, you know, and when I think about the Paul Felder fight, you know what you reminded me of talking about that, Joe, is the Iceman Scully, John, uh, John Iceman Scully interview we did a couple weeks back where he talked about a fight that he lost, that he kind of walked away from. And he described his whole 24 hours in detail and said, I wasn't going to let the game beat me. It looked like. He was outmatched, outworked, and walked away from the fight. It looked funny for a fan. But when you hear the story of the weight cut and not being right and thinking I'm fit as a fiddle and then finally getting on the scale and going, oh, shit, and then cutting all that weight and knowing you're not right and in and out of consciousness and all of this stuff and then get in the ring and you're like you're underwater, you just don't have it. And then say, I'm not going to let the game beat me. And when you when you hear it like that, it's all those parts of the game that you don't regularly think about. So I saw these things in Oliveira. Um, and then he had his uh, Rustico Torrecampo fight with Felder, where he just didn't have it. But was it Tony Ferguson, I don't have it, and I'm not going to be able to make the adjustment because I'm a little bit older and lost a step? Or one of those John Scully days where the game wore him out and he tapped? I'm, he, Paul Felder doesn't beat him today. And most days, Paul Felder doesn't beat him. If they fought every day between now and then, Paul Felder's getting, you know, 30, 40 wins out of the 3,400. Um, it's a different guy than he was that night, just as Scully was a different guy than he was that night. Um, those other fights, I mean, he lost to some great fighters. 
Yeah. But this is this guy's this guy's serious. This is as good as they come. And I think that was just an off night for him. And when you hear about an off night for a fighter, you know, that's I think that fits. All right. Well That's a humiliating off night. Like epic yes. proportions. Like in the Oh in yeah. The, and for in the category in the category of like Tyson <laughs> Douglas. Like just shockingly embarrassing upset like the kind you, know, you wouldn't want to show your face is, uh no moss Roberto Duran's no moss great one. yeah by the way justin gaethje is 32 and he trains with trevor whitman i'm gonna say he's got three more good years in him before the drop-off the over-unders two jace what are you taking i'm taking the over i like gaethje uh, and right. if you look so at he wants, no, he wants no, no, plus six. No. He'll take a plus six here. He wants Gaethje <laughs> close to 40. No, Five, but also, if you look 21, at it, was the Vic fight and forward. Two. Or, no, it was the Poirier loss. Since then, he hasn't really been, he's been more calculated. So, and he's not taking as much damage as he did prior. So that's why I, I like him. I, I've seen that change. I've seen him go from, hey, I'm going to be that human highlight reel to, okay, now I know what I have to do and I'm taking the right. Uh, I'm still being true to who he is as a fighter, but he's also making the steps to get better. Yeah, after after Gaethje lost to Alvarez and Poirier back-to-back, he knocked out four in a row and then did what everybody else on the planet Earth did, lost to Khabib. I mean... In a good fight, you know. So, um, I, I think I think that you know you're you're with Trevor Whitman. We just saw what Rose did. Thug Rose came through. Mm-hmm. We saw what Usman did. I I feel like Oliveira Gaethje. You know, I love that fight. I love that fight. I'm a fan of both guys. It's. That's a great fight. That's a Usman's fight a bigger version of Oliveira, and that's Gaethje's <laughs> sparring partner. He's, he's in good hands. Yeah, I mean, there's so many ways. This just when you lose Khabib, and you think, oh, the, the, maybe this isn't the best division in MMA anymore. It pulls you right back in, and you have potential great fights so i'm excited how much better ah, I missed that comment so you're saying justin can't beat father time kind of obvious don't you think falls off in the next year or two you got dj just got his first time being dominated what's he 48 i mean yeah some of these guys fight well into their 30s by mid 30s justin gagey no it's not it's not versus father time it's versus the next Set the over-under at two. By the time he's 34, he will have fallen off. He'll be a different fighter on a totally different level. You know who else is at that level right now? Uh, Donald Cerrone. Yeah, but so Cerrone's 41. um, Ferguson's 37. I mean, these guys are honestly up there in age. And and look at the difference in, in how many fights those two have had. I mean, you're talking about two guys who got about a hundred fights between them. Gaethje's twenty-two and three, so he's still. That's what makes it 
a bolder prediction. Oh than yeah, no. And it's why I'm going to fall off at thirty. And it's why I'm going to argue it until he loses two in a row. I'm going to be like, oh, well, actually, that'll be three in a row. Say, say he fights. Say he fights Oliveira and loses. And loses. Right, that's coming off a Khabib loss. If he loses again, three in a row, yeah, I'd probably say you're you're on to something. That third fight will probably be Cerrone. <laughs> He's lucky. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Jared's ego's too big with all these predictions, correct predictions. Let's let's knock him down a peg. As Brandon Figueroa KOs Luis Let's knock him down a peg. We all you know, now, I that. said this guy moving up in weight, didn't bring his pop with him. First time he didn't knock somebody out. Um, the drug thing, then the weight thing, we're not sure how good this guy really is. I'm more sure of Figueroa, but I think if you twist my arm right now, when I had to bet, Jace, I parlayed $2.50 to win 20 on Charles Oliveira and... Brandon Figueroa, Joe, you saw that ticket. So go on, go go on about the head too big and the knocking me down uh, thing. I'm sorry, you were saying. I mean, no, we all pick Neri, and Figueroa comes in and he does what he does to unify. At game time, I picked Figueroa though. My my hand forced. I took Figueroa when uh when they were caught climbing in the ring. That's what happens when Jace agrees with us on somebody. It's like, <laughs> oh well, then the smart money is definitely on the other guy. Look, to be fair, Neary dominated the fight to start. He got into some trouble in the fourth. Bounced back, I thought, with a really good fifth round. Um, yeah, six didn't go great. Obviously, the, the the seventh was the end, but, um, you know, nothing to be ashamed of if you're, uh, if you're Neary. Well, you got to go back down, maybe, and I don't know if that's a uh, weight cut he can make. That's the problem, is you came up you didn't bring that pop with you, and that was the best thing you had going for you. I don't think you'll be elite at this weight class, and I don't think your body type can go back down. So, I don't know. We may have seen his best. Yeah, great showing. Great fight. Yeah, but, I mean, Joe, you mentioned it. Neary <laughs> dominated the the beginning, and then Figueroa slowly took over in the 6th and 7th. So where does Figueroa, like, what's next for him? Where does he have to go to reach a level, to, to reach the top of the mountain, to get in that pound-for-pound pound conversation? Uh, his next fight's probably Stephen Fulton. Uh, unification bout would be my guess. Um, you know, win that and let's talk. All right. Jared, is there anyone you want to see him fight? Yikes. Um, that's tough. Nero was a great, good, good I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm with Joe. Fulton and let's talk. See, I mean, great win. I mean, look, great win. Tough. Especially, look, I, I think when you, um, I think when you come out and you, and you, and you get dominated early, you know, good fighters can turn fights around and do what Brendan Figueroa did. And so somebody just said Amanda Nunes. 
uh, as his next oh, fight. Goodness. I thought that, that's actually really... <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't you? I wouldn't mind seeing something like that at some point somewhere. But um, yeah, look, Figueroa uh, was getting beat up there early on, and and uh, Neary really was controlling the fight. And you know, this was an impressive win to to come back from that and to put it on him. I like that. I want fighters. I know, you know, Jace likes those early knockouts. He loves that kind of what? stuff. I like when guys duke it out. I like to see fights. I want to see I want to see it go back and forth. Oh, I want to see goodness. I want to see the heart of a champion. That's how you know what you got. I like this is a good win from Figueroa. A really good win. Can he come up and fight Navarrete? That's what I Ooh. want. I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> That's what I want. It's a good next test for never a test over there, too. Yeah. I, these lighter weights is just, I don't know. Like, there's not enough competition. And you need, like I've said before, you need someone to take you those, take you to that next level and so people can <laughs> realize who you are. Now, do I think Brandon Figueroa has that potential? No. But still, you th there needs to be more people in, in there. These these need to be talked about more. People need to just know this stuff more. I think I do. I think Figueroa could be an elite level fighter. I think he could get to that spot. He's not out of every fight. This is I not out of any fight. I mean, I wouldn't want to count him out. I think like uh. Gary Russell is tough stylistically for him. Um, but man, yeah, I'd love to see him fight Navarrete if he could come up. I mean, also Figueroa's style does, uh, I think it does lend a little bit better to the casuals, but he still does this, need. Who's in here? This this guy, uh, Will Brand, commenting in the in the in the comment section. There is a guy who went eight rounds with me at Scrub Scraps too. Wow, that's yeah, that's before <laughs> that's before it was really a thing. There weren't ropes, and uh, you know, I'd beat Joel, and he'd he'd won his fight first round knockout against a two hundred fifty pound. James Walcott, he might have been a buck forty-five. He's probably five seven. Just, just eight jabs. Even told me before the fight, I want to feel what your best punches feel like. And I said, okay, I won't hit you with a lot of them in a row. But man, boom! And he'd come back to me, and I was like, "You're good. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good." And we did that drill. Maybe 25, 30 times. I mean, this kid never stopped pushing forward between he's five eight, excuse me, five eight. Um between rounds seven and eight, I sat down and Dizzle was my corner man. We've had him on the show, and he's all right, man. You're you've won every round, hands down. The first round was so you were feeling him out, and he was a little haywire, but it was the only one that was close. You look good out there, champ. Just keep doing what you're doing. And I went back out there like, all right, throw the jab. He slipped the jab, whack, smacked me with a right hand. And then he just missed his uppercut, which is his money shot. 
and hit me with a left hand. I got hit like four or five times before I was like, oh my God, I'm still in a live fight. <laughs> I've, I've told Dizzle of all the greatest corner advice you've given me. You know, coast through this last round with this hungry kid who's coming straight forward the whole time. We've all seen these Duran-esque. I mean, Justin Gagey is a great example of how Will Brand fights. He's going to come straight forward. You're going to feel his best stuff. He wants to feel your best stuff. If you punch me, that means you're close enough to hit. He's, he's, he's that guy. So, uh, my man, shout out Will Brand. Excellent fight. But yeah, eight rounds at Scrub Scraps too is uh that's a scary undertaking, you know. We were just starting and we're in a in a garage with uh just a rowdy bunch. But yeah. All right, so let's take a quick break and we'll come back with who you got. Attention all basketball fans, CMG Sports nice presents the Posting Up Podcast, where Lucas Boldick, Sean Scanlon, and King Zay discuss the latest news and topics throughout the NBA. So, if you have a love for basketball, make sure you check out the Posting Up Podcast, live every Tuesday and Saturday on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Also available for download on every podcast platform. Make sure after this, around one, you tune in to the Posting Up podcast. Big show today. NBA playoffs start today. So make sure you check that out. Um, and let's get in to the who you got this week. We're talking a lot about the lightweights, especially with uh, the Oliveira-Chandler fight. And then coming up, we'll talk about Ramirez and Taylor. But, Joe, who is the greatest Lightweight combat sports athlete of all time. Okay. Um, lightweight in boxing is 135 pounds. In the UFC, that's 155, which is junior middleweight. So are we talking weight or are we just talking about the weight class itself? Because if the that's the case, then tough. the answer is Khabib Nurmagomedov. It's hands down. That guy would beat anybody uh who's a boxer who weighs 135 pounds that i can assure you and he's the greatest uh lightweight in ufc history so uh i think that's an easy answer i, I love that you said that because I, I don't think he can even really with the weight issues he had we're talking about the greatest in a division i, I don't know if you can have could be be the greatest I mean, if you guys want to make fun of me for a, a, a uh, rumble for loving Anthony jo Johnson, mm -hmm. and then what? Uh -huh. had, he he missed weight multiple times with the hospital due to kidney failure. So when you're talking about the division itself and the weight, lightweight, I, I don't think you can. I, I don't think he can be the goat. Yeah, there was that fight he lost to his kidneys. <laughs> Is this serious? No, he's, ah, there's only two Nick answers Wade. to this question. Are you going to say Anthony Johnson, though, Jace? Don't say Anthony Johnson. Maybe Walter Way, I'll say Anthony Johnson. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but with his weight troubles, can you even call him a Walter Way? <laughs> there's, only, there's only two answers to this question, so it better be the other one. So, who's your other one then, Jared? Katie Taylor. Shit. 
That's a good answer. I was going to say Roberto Duran because as a lightweight, he was 66 and one. That's a good answer. I'll take I'll take Duran. I actually really like Diego Corrales um, in that conversation, but we're talking a, it's a goat conversation. I, I that's more of an honorable mention because I like him and not because I really want him in the conversation. There's you look through that list of names. Here's here's what you I got it. Box wreck, uh, light. Female, go. Okay. Uh, Melissa Saintville, Yanina Lascano, Estelle Mosley, Natasha Jones is five. That's uh, that's all time. Natasha Jones, Heather Hardy, sixteen. There's not even names you recognize on my hair on on it. Zufa, Zulfaya Kunsadova. I can't yeah. forget good old Zulfaya. Um, so the point, and it's the same thing if you do it with the guys. You get Roberto Duran and five, six other names you recognize, and and, some, and a bunch of stuff. Guys with 20, 30, 40 losses that you would never consider in this conversation. The only two logical answers. Combat sport go, especially if we're not talking about just a specific weight. Uh, good, good catch, Joe. Then it's Katie Taylor or Khabib, and if you're saying something else, you've got a really an uphill climb with your argument. Okay, uh, I'm gonna give you a couple other names I had. All right, here comes the hill. <laughs> uh, the climb. Uh, the the big the biggest stretch I have would be Frankie Edgar. Uh, redeemed his loss to Gray Maynard, and he only really Wait, lost his what? His loss that, to Gray Maynard. You, no, he no, no. Hang on, hang on. Every, everybody needs that guy that really brings them out of them and makes them great. No. Every great fighter <laughs> needs that guy that really pushes them to the next level, and Gray Maynard. <laughs> And then lost to ben- he said, "This is an honorable mention." Oh, okay. And he also lost to Ben Henderson, so that's why I don't put him there. <laughs> then, Pernell Whitaker, yes, one loss me. at lightweight to uh, ten title Luis Ramirez. Yeah, I'll take that. So, did not have. I mean, I had him on my honorable mention list. That that was a reasonable one. You got any other garbage picks you want to throw out there before we nope, wrap this part up? Nope, nope. And I would be doing myself an injustice as a Mexican-American to oh not boy. mention Julio Cesar Chavez, undefeated at lightweight, but, but he was barely there. Uh, so, yeah. But mention him anyway and, 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 and suggest because Khabib had trouble with the weight that that means anything despite all the wins. But no, okay. I mean, when you're talking about a division, a weight class, you, you got to bring that up. He couldn't. There, there were fights where he couldn't make the weight. So half dozen fights at lightweight. Willie Pep, honorable mention. <laughs> All right. Well, now let's get in to tonight's fights. Starting off. Fight of the night. I mean, uh, UFC fight night. 
former bantamweight champ Cody Garbrandt takes on Rob Font. Joe, who you got? Who do I got? Who do you got? Oh, boy. Um, I'll tell you, this fight for me, I'm going to say Cody Garbrandt is going to win the fight. Um, I really see these two. uh, It's a good fight, man. I like Rob Font a lot. He's, uh, I don't know, man. Just the, the, the knockout power that Garbrandt has, you saw it in his last fight. I, I just feel like, you know, rough rough patch there with the Dillashaw fights, uh, struggle with Munoz. So I think I think he's still I think he's still a great fighter. I think he's gonna come through. I think he's gonna win tonight. And uh he's gonna knock Rob Fawn out. Third round. All Done right. so. Third round. Okay. Jared, you see it going the same way? Uh first these guys scrub scrap nicknames are Rob. What the font? And Cody talking about clothes, Garbrandt. Garbrandt. Um, uh, I like Garbrandt too. I think he's going to be a little quicker to the punch. Um, I expect the fight to be standing up for the most part. And uh, Cody just to be a little bit quicker, a little bit sharper. Wouldn't be surprised if he stops him. Um, Joe said third. Give me the decision. Give me Garbrandt by decision. Uh, Talking about clothes? The, I don't think yeah. this goes. <laughs> he, he, it's crazy. I, I don't think this is going that long. Cody Garbrandt has shown how fragile his jaw is, but he also has that knockout power. I, I don't think this is going to go to decision. I think someone's getting put to sleep, and I'm just going to say – uh, it, it's really tough because I, I think I, I don't know. I'm gonna go Garbrandt just because he does have that power. And well, uh, it would have been respectable to go against him. bantamweight division between Rob Font and Corey Garbrandt. Let's break it down. Rob Font's 33 years old. He's five foot nine with a 71 and a half inch reach and a record of 18 and four with eight knockouts and four submissions. From Leo Minster, Massachusetts, Font got a late start in MMA, taking up Muay Thai and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in his late teens and becoming an amateur in 2009. He compiled a record of 3-1 before making his pro debut in 2011, winning by armbar submission in round one. He lost his second fight by decision, but then won his next nine, five by stoppage, before making both his UFC and bantamweight debut in 2014, knocking out George Roop with a perfectly timed counter right cross. After knocking out Joey Gomez, he dropped a unanimous decision to John Lineker, but seven months later came back at the Ultimate Fighter Season 24 finale, dropping Matt Schnell with a knee to the jaw and finishing him with grounded pound. Next, he submitted Douglas DeAndrage with a guillotine choke, but was then submitted himself via guillotine by Pedro Munoz at Fight Night 119. He bounced back quickly, knocking out Thomas Almeida with a head kick, but six months later, he was completely outclassed by Rafael Asuncao, losing by dominant unanimous decision. He came back with solid wins over Sergio Pettis and Ricky Simon, and in December 2020, scored his most significant victory to date when he dropped Marlon Marias with an uppercut and finished him with ground a pound late in round one. 
one of the most dangerous strikers in the bantamweight division. Font is tied for second for most knockouts in UFC competition in his division behind DJ Dillashaw. He utilizes his exceptionally long reach to keep his opponents at distance while averaging 5.2 strikes per minute. Cody Garbrandt is 29 years old. He's 5'7 with a 65-inch reach and a record of 12-3 with 10 knockouts. From Uricksville, Ohio, he wrestled in college but dropped out due to academic reasons. He began fighting in the amateur ranks, going 32-0 as a boxer and 6-2 in MMA before he turned pro in 2012 with a first-round knockout. He won his next five fights by knockout before making his UFC debut in 2015 with a third-round knockout of Marcus Brimage. After defeating Henry Briones by decision, he scored a trio of knockouts over Augusto Mendez, Thomas Almeida, and Takaya Mizugaki before taking on bantamweight champion Dominic Cruz in December of 2016. In a dominant performance, Garbrandt dropped Cruz twice and nearly finished him in the fourth round to win the title via unanimous decision. In his first defense, he took on number one contender DJ Dillashaw. After an explosive first round that saw Garbrandt drop Dillashaw with a perfectly timed right-hand counter, the challenger came out strong in round two, dropping the champion twice, first with a head kick and then with a counter right hook, followed by a vicious ground pound to force the stoppage. A year later, he attempted to win back the title in a rematch, and in a replay of the first fight, after dropping Dillashaw with a counter right, an overzealous Garbrandt rushed in, getting dropped himself. And after surviving the initial onslaught, he was knocked down again, with the fight being stopped when Dillashaw landed a knee, followed by a four-punch combo. Eight months later, he made his return against Pedro Munoz, and in the fight of the night, Garbrandt came out strong, stunning Munoz with a flying knee. But in the middle of throwing a wild series of hooks, he was dropped heavily by a right cross and finished with ground and pound. The following year, he ended his three-fight losing streak knocking out Rafael a sun cow with a perfectly timed one-punch counter right hook with one second remaining in round two. A classically trained boxer, No Love is an excellent counter striker who possesses slick footwork to close the distance and a killer instinct to finish his opponents when they're stunned. Oh, there we go. Now that you've seen that, <laughs> does it change your mind any? No, uh, I do want to bring up this comment. I, I, well, you can be a knockout artist with a glass jaw. I just wouldn't suggest it. I mean, you know, you, what are you going to do? I, I don't think he, I want to say a knockout artist. He just has the power. That's a good point. He's also James not. Vic. He hasn't been knocked out. I mean, he's been he's taken those punches to the jaw, and then he gets ground to pound it out. I mean. Just don't get hit like that. That's all you got to do. Yeah, I he mean, takes those punches and gets put on Wobble Street. Who doesn't? He can also put anybody in the game out with one That's punch. True. Yeah. So I, I, I'm picking Garbrandt just because he's also very emotional. I don't know. This is tough for me. Because what the font? Yes, what the font? I'm, I'm going to go Garbrandt just because he used to be a champion. But... It's rough. He, like if I, I think if Font can lure him into a brawl, get in his head, he'll land something to put him out. But if if Garbrandt can stay uh, 
What's the word I'm looking for? You can stay uh, level-headed, stay calm. His boxing is really good, so I think he can find uh, an opening to put this out. His his problem is, and where he's been, I mean, you know, he likes to stand in the pocket and swing, and he, as you see, swings a little wildly at times. And that's where you're going to get nailed with a counter, and Huge that's what happens. Got He's got to fight smarter. He's a really good, but he was 32 and 0 as an amateur. I mean, he's a good boxer. So if you're going to box in the octagon, don't swing all wildly like you're Alistair Overeem. I mean, punch, box, really box. If he does that and, and doesn't get caught being all wild and crazy, he wins the fight. Font's a good enough fighter, though. I mean, if you give Font an opening, you're donezo. So he's got to fight smart, and he really, let's be honest, Garbrandt really needs this win or he becomes an afterthought. Hey, what's another way to say steal new times Roman? Rob Font. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You are hilarious. <laughs> uh, I, I'm – this is almost a year since Garbrandt last fought. I'm going to go Garbrandt, but this is going to be the last straw for me. If he can't get this win, I'm, I'm done with him. You know, when I saw his fight with um, Dominic Cruz, I thought this this is his highlight. This is the climactic event for him, and he hasn't done anything to disprove that. Oh, my God. You know, I remember watching that fight and thinking this kid was the future of that division. And he's like, boy, and stuff. Oh, man, dude. And the... uh, 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 He tripped him at one point. It was... Yeah. (laughs) No, I thought this kid was like hot shot, man. I was like, dude, Garbrandt is going to be running that division for a low. He's not crazy how quick. Um, but again, you fight sloppy. You, you, you're you setting your opponent up to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, in huge windows with, with his quickness, his speed, his hands, his boxing background, you'd think he'd close those windows and he ends up. You know, with these huge opportunities to knock him out. When he should be those little, short, sharp, you know, Andre stuff we're talking about. I really, uh, I expected more from him too after that Cruz fight than I got in the Dillashaw fights. But didn't Dillashaw like fail drug tests after that too? Yes, yes, he did. To be fair. So... I don't know. Maybe, you know, it's it's good. it remains to be seen. He needs to win this fight if he's going to remain relevant. Yeah. And it's crazy to think he's 29 he's 29 years old. So, I mean, he still if he does get back on the right track, he he can get back to to the top of the mountain. But I just think he's Dude, this is I'm struggling so hard because he's so emotional and Tony said it best. When he smells blood, he gets carried away, rushes mm. in, chin up. He's like a shark, but he when he does stay calm, when he does get in the flow of things, like we saw in that, <coughs> that cruise fight, he was he was fluid. in the flow, fluid, yes, and he got the knockout. Like so. water. <laughs> yes. But uh all right. Let's get into the real big fight. 
lightweight unification bout. Jose Ramirez versus Josh Taylor. Tony is going to give us the tale of the tape. As tonight on ESPN, we have one of the most important fights of the year as all four junior welterweight belts are on the line between champions Jose Ramirez and Josh Taylor. Let's break it down. Jose Ramirez, 28 years old. He's 5'10 with a 72.5-inch reach and a record of 26-0 with 17 knockouts. From Avenal, California, Ramirez was a highly decorated amateur, winning several national Golden Gloves tournaments and the United States National Amateur Championships to qualify to represent the United States at the 2012 Olympics. After getting eliminated in the quarterfinals and amassing a record of 32-8, he turned pro later that year with a first-round TKO. After going 15-0 with 12 knockouts, he won his first belt, the Continental America's Junior Welterweight title, with a unanimous decision over Johnny Garcia. He defended that belt five times with a decision over Manuel Perez and knockouts over Thomas Mendez and Mike Reed before defeating Amir Imam for the vacant WBC Junior Welterweight World title. In his first defense, he took on number three Antonio Orozco in what turned out to be a slugfest that saw Ramirez drop Orozco twice en route to unanimous decision. For his next defense, he took on number 14 Jose Zepeda and in a surprisingly competitive fight, the champion actually lost the early rounds before making adjustments and landing thunderous power shots down the stretch to pull out a majority decision. In 2019, he fought a unification fight with WBO champion Maurice Hooker, and despite dropping Hooker in round one, Ramirez found himself in another dogfight until he was able to catch Hooker with a right-left combo that stunned him and left him unable to defend himself as Ramirez's onslaught forced a referee to step in. In 2020, he fought Wiley veteran Victor Postal and found himself soundly outclassed for the first five rounds until he picked up the pace and ramped up his body assault down the stretch. After 12 evenly fought rounds, Ramirez was able to walk away with a majority decision. A frenetic pressure fighter, Ramirez does his best work in a phone booth, pounding away at the body to set up his best punch, his left hook. Though he can often be outboxed by a tactician, his greatest strength lies in his ability to make adjustments mid-fight and come on strong down the final stretch. Josh Taylor, 30 years old. He's 5'10 with a 69.5-inch reach and a record of 17-0 with 13 knockouts. From Preston Pan, Scotland, Taylor took up boxing at 15 and winning a silver medal in the Commonwealth Games in 2010. In 2012, he became the first Scottish boxer to qualify for the Olympics since 1960, though he lost in the quarterfinals to Domenico Valentino. After winning gold in the Commonwealth Games in 2014 and having a master record of 49-22, he turned pro in 2015 with a second-round knockout. He won his first nine fights with eight knockouts before taking on WBC silver champ O'Hara Davies, dropping him in the third and twice more in the seventh before the referee stepped in and stopped the contest. For his first defense, he took on former lightweight champion Miguel Vasquez, and despite some trouble in the early rounds, Taylor's body attack proved too much as he dropped Vasquez, who was unable to beat the count. After a quick knockout of Winston Campos and a decision over Victor Postal, Taylor entered the World Boxing Super Series, first outclassing Ryan Martin en route to a seventh-round stoppage, and then dominating champion Ivan Baranchek, scoring two knockdowns to win a unanimous decision in the IBF Junior Welterweight title. In the series final, he took on WBA champion Regis Progre 
in what was widely regarded as one of the year's best fights as both men put on masterful performances of both skill and will, with Taylor just edging him out for the majority decision. He followed that up with a first-round demolition of Thailand's Apanum Kong Song, knocking out the challenger with a perfectly timed left hook to the ribs. One of the most talented fighters to come out of Great Britain in the last decade, Taylor is equally as skilled outboxing his opponents from the outside as he is at breaking them down on the inside. He uses a solid jab and excellent footwork to get in his opponent's guard, and then a mix of hooks and uppercuts to keep them guessing. Though primarily a southpaw, Taylor will on occasion switch stances and is one of the most relentless and prolific body punchers in the game. Will the constant pressure and body shots of Ramirez be too much, or will the slick movement and power shots of Taylor win the day? Tune in tonight for Taylor vs. Ramirez for the undisputed junior welterweight world title. Jared, who well will done, be... Tony. Yes, Tony does great with those. But Jared, who will be the unified lightweight champion after tonight? I want to tell the fans that these are our guys. Do not miss this. Hagler, Hearns, Leonard, Duran. Do you remember? For those of you who go back and remember what it was like to watch those guys fight, Maurice Hooker is our Tommy Hearns. Prograce is our Sugar Ray Leonard. Josh Taylor is our Hagler, and Jose Ramirez is our Duran. If you want to see those kinds of fights, watch these guys fight one another. That is what we are getting. I have so much trouble calling this fight. Um, Josh Taylor outpoints him and wins by decision, or Jose Ramirez does the same thing he's done over and over and loses the first half of the fight and wears on you and wears on you and wears on you. Josh Taylor by decision, but man, this is, this is, I didn't know what I was going to say when the show started. This is one of the hardest fights I've had to call. I'm not shocked if Ramirez takes it and I haven't put anything on it because I'm not comfortable with either guy. This is going to be a great fight. Tune in for this one. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ramirez is such a great fighter. Um, yeah, William Brand just brought it up. If you can get well, inside, well, so, yeah. <laughs> I think what you're going to find is, and I think where the trouble is going to be for Ramirez is that you're going to find um, in the tail of the tape, you heard he struggles with uh, boxing technicians, compounded by the fact Josh Taylor is a lefty, something that Ramirez hasn't faced a whole lot in his career. The way Josh Taylor cuts off the ring is masterful. I think right now he's the best in the game at doing that. Is he um, going to be moving forward against Ramirez, though? Here's what's going to happen. No mas for your boy Ramirez, right? He's your Duran. There you go. Um, I think I think Taylor um, will break him down. This is. I, I'll tell you another thing. For anybody who wants to be a boxer, Watch this fight and learn what going to the body is about because these two guys absolutely love pounding the body. Josh Taylor's won several of his fights on body shots. One of the things about Ramirez I don't know that I love, 
I mean, for a righty, he <laughs> really doesn't throw a lot of right. He loves throwing that left, a lot of double jab, and then the big left hook. Um, and so, again, I sort of think that that's a fighter like Josh Taylor. I think you're sort of playing into his hand there, too. So um, I'm, I'm going to say 10th round, Josh Taylor puts him away. I think Ramirez just takes – he's taken too many body shots. Josh Taylor wins the fight. Uh, I I'm, This is a tough fight. I I don't see a finish. Like both these guys are too good. This is going to this judges scorecards. And I mean the investment to the body that's going to be big. I mean taking those body shots really wears someone down. But uh, this is so hard. I'm going to go I'm going to go just the opposite side. I'm going to go Jose Ramirez. I I think his he's going Josh Taylor's going to win the first couple fights. I mean, the first couple rounds. But Ramirez, he's very good at changing up the game plan, realizing what he's doing wrong, switching it up. And I think he will. I think he will be able to get to the body, wear Josh Taylor down, and then start unloading. I don't see this getting a finish at all, though. This is going to be a battle, and Jared said it right off the rip. Like, this is a great fight. You need to tune in. You Go tell your grandma, go tell your brother, go tell your sister, go tell your neighbor. Watch this fight. It's going to be a great fight. Do yourself a favor. Watch Hagler Duran before this fight. You're going to end it. I'll bet you it's like you're watching the same fight. Close decision. Josh Taylor. When the last time we talked about Josh Taylor on this show, I said he needed a fight to put himself on the map in the United States of America. And judging by all the BS I've seen on ESPN this week, it's it's definitely there. I mean, you know, Ramirez has the better reputation here, the better known guy. I think Taylor uh, has a statement to make, and I believe he makes it tonight. And I think in the 10th round uh, is is where you see the kind of damage this guy can do to you. His, uh, his nickname's um, Great Blessing. Regis, Great Blessing progress just if you're keeping track at home oh <laughs> uh, but i mean this this whole lightweight division something we don't see in boxing it was there were fights in between but it was like a tournament we saw hooker versus ramirez we saw progress versus taylor and eventually the winners are fighting each other this is something we need a lot more i i i hate that there were people in between but it, it still, it still got its way to the end. Now let's just take out those small little road bumps. Straight shot. That's what. Boxing who comes means. out of this? Who's the? If it's one of those four, somebody else who comes out of this. I've got a somebody else. Virgil Ortiz Jr. will beat all four of these guys. All right, we'll see. I don't think oh, so. You don't like that? I don't think so. Three out of four ain't bad, like Meatloaf said. <laughs> <laughs> Let me sleep on it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you who's going to win in the morning. I love it. <laughs> Regardless, I'm excited. But before we get to the Scrub Shot Spotlight for today, introducing new segment, Fight of the Night. We talked about two fights, but Jared, 
Well, what's another fight that should be on people's radar going into tonight? River River Wilson Bent, undefeated boxer, um, good jab, good counter puncher, uh, mediocre defense. And George Farrell, another undefeated fighter, mediocre defense. These guys will hit each other a lot. Ben will knock him out, but it's going to be uh, a great fight. It's it's the first guy, either first guy of any caliber that either one's fought. They're on they're on different levels. I think Ben is a is a significantly better fighter, but he's going to have to teach Farrell how to lose, and he's going to get hit a few times doing it. So that'll be a really fun fight. River Wilson Bent is the guy you're watching there. Um, I'm excited for uh, the middleweight fight on the undercard tonight between Edmund Shabazian and Jack the Joker Hermanson. Uh, I love that fight, baby. Uh, I think that could be uh, an absolute banger, and I'm excited for it. I got Justin Taffa, four and two. He's a beast. He's a guy that he he leaves his car running because it's going to be a short night when he's in there. And he's going up against Jared Vandera. I, I think this is I, – I don't see the Vandera doing that much. He's going to go look for the takedowns, but I don't think he gets it. I, I think Tafa is going to put him to sleep early. and But it's going to be – they're heavyweights. They're going to throw. People are going to get hit, but it's going to end early. Tafa versus Vandera, that's going to be a great fight just before the co-main event on the main card. So make sure you check that out. But now – Here's a little preview of who we're going to have on the Scrub Shop Spotlight. Frankie, you ain't got this. That's all I can think <laughs> nah, the whole nah. time. Frankie, you don't got this, bro. Wow. Jordan, that was great. Thank you. Uh I can't help but notice, Jared, you know, you didn't you didn't put 
Yeah, but Arfai, you didn't like that first right hand I gave you? Oh. You didn't like that gift I handed you? The I silver platter was just that. Uh, I wondered if that was going to come up. Since I'm getting rolled under the bus, I have to say that Joel was on the flyer. Little no-show. Little well, no-show I mean, for our boy Jordan here. I don't blame him. First 20 seconds of the fight, I rotated. I thought I didn't expect him to be moving like a middleweight, to be honest. Um, and rotated right into the right hand. I mean, Trin's running around out there, you know, and I did a full squat and uh, like butt hit my heels and then came back up. Technically not a knockdown, but I would have been perfectly comfortable with an eight count. You know what I'm saying? And I thought that should have happened and actually would have made the fight a draw if I'd ended up with an eight count there. I was, it's as hard as I've ever been hitting a scrub scrap. I should have had the eight count. Did, um, um did Mark Breland bring you your water that day too, or <laughs> it's like a Jordan seems like a lot of excuses. I had the kids running around. It's oh no, no, no! I'm saying he almost turned the lights out, and my family and friends oh no, I got like, that. Uh, I almost <laughs> went to sleep. Let me tell you something, Jordan. Um, in his first fight, um, he was a little overwhelmed by punches in the first round. Second round was probably close. Third round came out, and the other kid just gassed completely. Um, and I thought Jordan was, like, struck by the moment. Wanted him to push forward, put a little pressure on, just show he'd won the fight, you know. Um, didn't happen. Kind of a slow third round. It resorted to the first. I think, I think Chris ended up winning the fight. Yeah, um, and this like growth of this fighter that like turned into like an actually good fighter, and then and then um, into our fight. And I remember thinking afterward, if Jordan was about hurting his friends, if Jordan didn't mind putting me to sleep in front of my family, that is exactly where I would have been. No excuses. I pull no punches. He watched the video. He let me out of that first round. I got an eight count late and like close fight. You, there was another knockdown at the end of the fight that I, that I like foot hit the wood, but a punch landed. And another thing that could have been, I'm like, Hey, you give him both of those. You give him the eight count early and the knockdown late. It's a win. Like those points, you know, mean something. So very close fight as close as I've been to, uh, to lights out in a scrub scrap and one as tough as they come <laughs> from the, from the powder puff marshmallow that we got when you showed up, excuse me, don't mean to throw you out there, but brother. <laughs> You, it's fine. <laughs> a now you don't want you don't want to be on the wrong side of that jab. Did you see that head movement? Nah, I like James Tony. Yeah, <laughs> Chris Bird. Who is this kid? Ah, so how you been, Jordan? Doing good, man. I'm good. Um, you know, I learned from the best. Um, but Joel's not here, so I got to settle for you. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, I got nothing for you. Two and with a knockout. Yeah, 
You already know. So um, one of the things I wanted to ask you about is I know uh, um, as far as physical activity goes, you've had some some struggles between here and there. How ha- how did how did scrub scraps and literally learning to fight help you fight in other areas of your life? Um, I mean, I I definitely kind of took it as you think back to the the amount of time and dedication it goes into not even just for scraps but you know if you go up to the professional boxing and professional fighters of being dedicated and and sticking to it and trying to stick through whatever comes your way whether that's a right hand from the guy sitting across the ring from you or you know medical nonsense that i went through and you can't get through it if you don't move through it you know, if you stick like a stick in the mud, it's not just going to come to you. You got to fight for it. Mm. So, you know, going from the highlights we just saw, which was my last fight, and I'm in the worst, maybe not fighting shape of my life, but like physically the worst shape of my life. You know, open wounds and, and losing blood and like all this other crazy medical stuff going on. And... um you know, having to go from that. And then three months later, I'm in the hospital for two and a half years. Mm. So, you know, definitely taking what I learned and, and even the little bit of training that we went through and taking it and running with it and kind of keeping that mentality for the whole time. And that's definitely what got me to where I am now. I only I only make fun of you in the beginning. I gotta you know I gotta boost you up a little bit afterwards. <laughs> I knew it was gonna get real. We got our laughs out. <laughs> so Jordan, what what got you to scrub scraps in the first place? And also, were you boxing in jeans? Because I imagine that had to be tough. Uh, I mean, okay, so I forgot my shorts, <laughs> so I just rocked the jeans and ran with it. Um, but. So the 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 first kid I fought, we were talking about Chris, uh, was my best friend since middle school, and he comes up to me one day and it's like, "Hey, my my older brother's doing this thing, and like he's gonna go box. You should come watch and come check it out." And I'm like, "Okay, that's." I'm thinking like big building and and all this other stuff, and I get there and it's just this weird garage on the side of the road with a bunch <laughs> of drunk morons just chilling, <laughs> staring into this uh, dark area, and I was hooked. And, you know, two sessions later, I end up fighting Chris and taking the L, but it was, it's a funny story because he and I had an agreement of like, we're both, we're both very out of shape. There's, there's no beat around the bush. Nothing. If we've never ran I walk the mile in high school, never ran that. We'll take it easy. We'll feel it out, see how the punches go. And then we'll start to pick it up. And he came out swinging in the first round and completely threw me off and I, I don't hold it against him, but I definitely came back for that second fight, and I was like, I'm not holding it this time, and I won that second fight. But um, the rematch, yeah, yeah. So that was it. Was just, um, you know, having the just the one invite, just hey, do you want to come out? And you know, met Jared, met the family the first time, and and that was it. It was hooked. That's one of the, that's one of my uh, that's one of my favorite parts of that is the. The growth between the first fight with Chris and the second fight with Chris. You show up to the training, you learn the techniques, you get your body in shape, and you get better. 
Mm-hmm. And that's and and that's never more evidenced by than when you fight someone a second time and they're still the same person and you've gone through that growth process, you know. And yeah. um, l- looking at that last fight, like that's it. If the Jordan that showed up, the first scrub scrap, were to jump, the Jordan that fought Frank. There better be four or five of him. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's Honestly. a totally different, it's a completely different person. The, even the guy I fought, you know, you're coming to me to train and then you're training on the side and you're getting yourself in shape and you're doing these for your size, these is as amazingly athletic things that are. Uh, yeah, I mean, caught everybody off guard. That that head movement there at the end, you got like a man. <laughs> it, that was your growth process. Has been really fun to watch, brother. Yeah, and I'm I'm excited to get back to it. You know, coming out of all the medical nonsense going on, and trying to to drop sixty pounds now, for for medical reasons, but also for personal reasons, and. Mm-hmm you know, trying to come back and, and get back into scrap and just get myself together. I bought, I bought my own hand wraps. Um, cause I never had those, um, not wearing jeans anymore. Shorts only. <laughs> I love it. Well, it gives you that drive. It's motivation when you're like, Hey, I'm going to go do this thing. You know, you know that you're going to be on full blast in this, you know, mm-hmm. um, hypersensitive situation and you're you want to be ready for it you're you automatically start to go through preparation processes that you don't do every day yeah it became a reason not to drink and uh and to jog and to all these things that are healthy for you you know but you're doing it because i don't want to get my ass whipped it's totally different motivation than uh you know i've got a little extra a little extra, extra, you know, a little extra something. Yeah, yeah, some armpit stuff I'd like to get rid of. Like that's 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 not as motivating as uh, ending up in the ring with somebody. Yeah, I could definitely attest to that because that uh, the cardio is still not great, but it was it's better than it was that first fight versus the last. That's for sure. Oh yeah, because oh, yeah, uh, I was gassed after individual. what 30, 40 seconds, and then you know this time ended up going the full round it was fine oh yeah jordan what is your mindset when you are in the scrub straps like what is your what's going through your mind um not as much as you think (laughs) uh it's that's a good (laughs) it's it's so the the i have to bring back the conversation i had with chris versus He's like, you know, I don't want to fight my friends and, you know, stuff and stuff and things. And granted, no, I don't want to fight my friends outside of that setting. But we step in the ring and we're not friends. And it's, you know, I, I even even just walking up to the ring to get in, it's, you know, stay calm, try to stay cool and figure it out. And that's it. That's That's the whole thing. And... You know, it's the, well, their right punch or the right hook hurts really hard. Got to watch out for that. And then it's blank until something else happens. And I, I think that definitely helps me to 
absorb the information more instead of getting into my own head and trying to plan everything. Because Jared, I think you told me, um, I don't remember who said the quote, but you know, you can only plan a fight until you get hit for the first time. And then the whole plan goes out the window. Oh, Tyson, everybody's got to point until they get punched in the mouth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's Mike Tyson. Yeah. So, Oh and yeah. I, I tired makes bitches out of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> So it's it's definitely just get in and and just don't get in your own head. Figure it out and and take literally roll with the punches. Mm. Life lessons. There's life lessons in there for sure. Yeah. yeah. Literally rolling with the punches. Yep. And Joe, you talked about that kind of information slowing down for you while you were in there, you know, and uh Yeah. Not yeah. really thinking too many other things outside of like Walter. Jordan, you know, it's funny. I, I, I talk about this every time we have a scrub scrapper on, but, you know, the first time he hit me in the face, I, you know, I, I, I say this every time. I, I, everything slowed down and I was like, all right. <laughs> That's not happening again. <laughs> I think I get how this works. And then he hit me again. And I was like, all right, we're not, I got to start doing some stuff here. Um, busy. We had talked about it beforehand, right? I mean, you get hit in the face and your natural reaction is to, uh, just start swinging, right. Or, or to fall back on the ground and, and, uh, into the fetal position, but fight or flight. Yeah. Uh, so it's one or the other. And, you know, it's I, I, I say this, the more we were going at it and we didn't have a timed round. It was just I'm dancing and I'm like, oh, my God, how long is this going to go? Um, I better start hitting him some, too. And um, once it all like it just got slow and I was kind of like I, I was able to see things coming at me. And um, I don't know. It was just something about it. I've been in fights before. And I've never been in a fight where it slowed down and I was like, all right, I'm pick a spot. I'd never been in a real fight like that before. So it was interesting to be in one like that and to to be, you know, in a controlled environment and to and to know that um my proper reflexes jumped in. I still don't know what would happen in a real fight though. Yeah. You know, getting caught well, outside, that- it's different. <laughs> Yeah, that ability to kind of slow it down, isn't that what we need in our life? You know, we start reacting to things and just doing what we're conditioned to do. And our brain starts playing tricks on us because it just feels safe or comfortable. You know, we can't change and fear and all of that stuff. And Jordan's talking about going in there and just stay calm, stay cool. You know, don't be totally reactive. You get into that fight or flight mode, you're just going to get hit more. Yep. You've got to do the things that make sense to do. Slow it down and do the things that make sense. Absolutely. Now, Jordan, what would you say is the biggest difference between Jordan before Scrub Scraps and Jordan after Scrub Scraps? Five surgeries and 100 pounds. (laughs) (laughs) Um. I mean, mentally, it's 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 almost hard to describe. I I know I feel a different way coming out of Scrub Scraps versus going in because I I took it in the intro as just 
you know, a bunch of guys getting together and punching each other. And yeah, that happens. But it's it's so much more than that. And having an appreciation for for the growth that people put in and seeing that change not only in myself but in other people and being able to to support that and support them um you know you you kind of it, it changed the mentality on situations like that and and fighting as a whole um and and being able to not only you know get in the ring and punch your friends but support them in and out of it and and build this this massive support system and being able to talk about things and and not just on the fighting side but you know personal stuff going through feelings and and things like that and it's i think it it helped me become it's it definitely helped me become a better person but it's hard to quantify that into words you know if if you if you knew who i was beforehand going into meeting Jared for the first time and kind of being inducted into this family versus now, you know, four or five ish years later. Um, I know I've changed positively, but it's, it's almost hard to wrap my head around how I just, I know it's been a great experience and I, I, all the things that have led me up to, you know, being even on this podcast have been great. Mostly punches um. still hurt. Punches do still hurt. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, I, I got to go back quick to my Maslow's hierarchy of need. Do you guys remember the triangle? He just described it. Bottom level, food, water, warmth, and rest. You need those things satisfied. If you're going to worry about anything else, food, water, warmth, and rest, you can't really give too much of that stuff in a therapeutic setting. The next one, safety and security. You guys remember this, cuddle the bear, right? safety and security now i'm able to give that how do you give that as a conventional therapist i've given him a way to feel safe and secure in his life safety and security the next one the next one up third one is intimate relationships those are right there with other people experiencing some of the same struggles you are and then prestige and self-actualization that's the final step in, in our hierarchy of human behavior, we want to have all that other stuff satisfied. And he's describing other people as scrub scrubs and how watching their growth and being able to be a part of that and how fulfilling that is. And that's self-actualization. You can't do that if you don't feel safe and secure. You're not capable of that if you live with the bear. Man, that was beautiful, brother. <laughs> that was beautiful, Jordan. Thank you, man. Got Thanks me for, for being able to put that into words because it's, I mean, you and I have talked about it uh, personally and, and you know, I, I have, it's, I got this weird, I can't even say it's weird. I have all this love for like, you and your family and, and the scrub scraps life and, and experience that, you know, it, it feels like the Grinch, your heart grew three sizes and then you, but you don't have a quantifiable way to express it. And, you know, you, you really just broke it down and put it into words, but it, it all comes back to, you know, being able to have such a positive experience. And I mean, with everybody who's shown up, keyword being who's shown up, 
Mm. <laughs> but you know, we miss you, Joel. <laughs> um, but no, it, it just it it feels good to to be a part of such an experience and and have it not just be you know the 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 punching aspect is the least important part of it you know mm. that's what you're there for but that's that's not even remotely close to what all that is it's it's uh an a, a positive you know expanding experience giving you something new to do i i've been in one street bike before that and i was like 7 so that doesn't even remotely count and i never threw a punch but coming now 20 years later and then you know, having having the knowledge and the experience of going through all of this and the training and, and meeting all these people and just having a great time doing it and being able to take those experiences and transfer them to something quantifiable in life and and take that and regardless of if I fight again or not for the rest of my life, that's an experience that I'll have and I can call back on to use in future endeavors. Mm. And I owe that all to some kid telling me, hey, let's go get punched in the face. That was eloquent, brother. Sometimes. Wow. Sometimes the words come out. Yeah, no, man. That's, that's beautiful. It's a lot of the things I keep saying, you know, that kids like us show up for the punches. You know, we don't know we're going to get all the other stuff when we get there. We mm-hmm. just show up for the punches. I went to the gym because I wanted to fight somebody, anybody. I just wanted to know where the punches were going to come from. I figured that was better than every other aspect of my life if I just knew where the punches were coming from. Um, and get something different when you're there. You start building all those other layers, and it's, man, yeah, it's something that ought to be available to everyone. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Oh, yeah. You guys, uh, you guys, go ahead, Jason. Uh, Joe, you got anything you want to say? Um, no. Well, I guess Jordan, how much do you miss? Um, just getting in there and going at it. I mean, I, 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 I want to do it so bad, and I'm dying for things to open up so I get in there and stick and move with Jared a little bit. Yeah. Are Are you looking to get back? Absolutely. Um. Like I was saying, I had I bought some hand wraps and um trying to it's it's as much as I love the the emotional aspect that I just went through, yeah, I do miss the punching. <laughs> um, being being able to 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 grow myself in a in a quantifiable way. I say that word a lot, I guess, but um you know, having having a tangible way to physically grow my abilities and having a way to measure that you know you go back and look at footage you go back and and we talk about you know um past fights and and what went wrong and one went right and how things moved and worked and and i i i really enjoy that aspect of it as well despite you know i've only watched maybe one professional boxing match in my life and um, it just, it, it, it's a, it, I, I miss that feeling. I do miss having the ability to, to go in and be able to do something to my fullest ability and not have to hold back for it mm-hmm. and getting something 
for myself out of it and for other people. So, you know, if, if you want to just open up a gym real quick, you know, I'm ready. I got, you know, I'm just, you could just move this along a little bit. Kind of take a long time, that guy. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I know. There's a, I get a lot of that. And I'm, we're working on it, brother, fast as we can. We got a exp request to expedite in for the 501c3, and we've already got the exemption from USA Boxing. So we've already got things that no other boxing program in the world has. Um, we are something that nobody else is. And uh, we're on our way, brother. I promise you that. Can't wait. Hell yeah. So, Jordan, thanks for joining us. Uh Love talking to you. Love hearing your story. And that's going to do it for throwing jabs this week. Make sure you tune in next week. Make sure you watch tonight's fights. They're big fights. And make sure you like us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. And check out clovercrestmedia.com for a bunch more podcasts. Uh, over 30 now. So any type of podcast, anything you like, doesn't have to be sports. Make sure you check out Pressmedia.com. Uh, for myself, Big Jace, Joe Aguirre, Jared Jones, and Jordan, thanks for coming again. We'll see you next time for more Throwing Jabs. Peace out. Throwing jabs, always full send. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest, top three corner man. Punching in with a punch's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, locked it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand. When it comes to fisticuffs, slide a hand on the undercard. You'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing wave. Feet a step and late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand and eight, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move. Bob and wave. Don't lose hope against the ropes. There's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing, counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging we bring in crosses with no worship hooks with no verses combinations with no locks when you feel the flurry of curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats relax if you want the facts because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs <laughs>